Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Game Joe. Okay. I guess they, st- they meet in the state of Gujarat. They meet in the state of Gujarat, yes. So I felt like it was appropriate. It totally works. Apropos. Apropos. Ap- oh, that's how... If there's an ST at the end of that? No, I just was oh. being obnoxious. <laughs> it is apropos. <laughs> apropos. There's an S, not an ST. There we go. Meet the how's it going. I am here. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. and breathing soaking in all the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard drama. (laughs) So much. I'm getting kind of bored of it. I just feel like it's getting to that point where, like, whoever side you're on, you're always going to find something that, like, sticks out about the other one. Yeah. Like, TikTok is so divided. There are people who, like, actually stand with Amber Heard and who, like, believe her. And then there's so many people who are, like, diehard Johnny fans. And, like, they're pointing out such things that are, like, so trivial. And I'm kind of over it. I follow this uh, Indian actress, Swara Bhaskar, who's actually very, like, she's very political and she's very interesting. And I find her opinions very secular-minded. And she posted this thing about how I'm not taking a stance when I talk about Amber Heard, but just think about what, think about the fact that this is a woman who is coming forward about her alleged abuse, whether it Mm -hmm. be real or not. Mm -hmm. And think about the damage we're doing when we make fun of that. Yeah. Like, she might be lying. Very, it very well might be the case. But it's already hard for women to do this. And, like, let let the... They're in court for this very reason. So let that be decided. And it was a very fair point. Yeah. Like, I don't... I think Amber Heard is lying. I think she's <laughs> full of shit. But I do get that we shouldn't publicly be lambasting her and turning her into, like, a joke. Because then... It does become difficult. What does that do for women yeah, who actually, who actually are, are in, in that in that situation? Others. So I get that. I understand that. I do think she is lying. <sighs> Who's to say? Who's to I'm say? not saying anything. I don't want to get sued. By who? I don't think Amber Heard is listening. Amber to Heard is coming podcast. for me. I think you're fine to air that opinion, Mita. She shat in my bed and she's coming. For Apparently, me. she didn't. That's what she's saying. <laughs> who knows? <sighs> You know what we also don't know? What? What happened to Kathleen Peterson? (laughs) (laughs) She fell down the stairs. She fell down the stairs. You you are not watching, though. And I need you. I'm telling you this live on podcast, too. Mm -hmm. I think the show is better than the doc. You're forgetting something. What? You use my Crave account to watch this show. I can't watch it when you're watching it. You're not watching it when I'm watching it. No, but those first four episodes, you were telling me you were watching them. So I was like, oh, I'll wait until he's like oh, done them. Oh, I've been done for a while, Mita. Well, I didn't realize we're not communicating well enough. <laughs> Mita, we talk every single day. You just said that like I'm done, but I didn't realize until today that they were um, not released all at once. I thought they were all no, they at once. It's every yeah. So they released the first three at once and then it's every Thursday. So I was under the impression that they were all out there and you were going through no, them. No, and I was no. like, oh, I'll just I'm wait till now. he's done so I don't interrupt any of the episodes. I'm waiting now. Annoyed and waiting for episode five. Okay. So maybe tonight 
I mean, it's 9.30. Who knows yeah, what I'll do with the rest of the Yeah, I was going to be like, I don't think you're watching anything tonight. Who knows? That's I did it. start the first one, and I did find it interesting, and I like the approach, and I like the angle that they're going at this with. Yeah. It's very open-minded. It's not... It didn't feel supremely biased on any end. No, but I am hearing that now the documentary filmmakers who've made The Staircase, pissed. they're pissed. Yeah. Because they're alleging that there was more involved. The, the HBO series is alleging there was more involvement than there was. There probably was. There let's probably be. was. I don't think you one can... of the producers had an affair with him. The editor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I f- I find it I find that very difficult to believe from their perspective that like you followed this man for how long, like how many years, mm-hmm. and like in the end he was acquitted. So how did you not? And you could tell in the documentary as well. That's the thing, is that they go from being very, very unbiased to totally being on his side. The thing is, though, from their point of view, like, if I walked into that situation and I'm hearing the information about him being bisexual and that's what the driving force is behind this trial and this conviction, I, too, am going to be like, whoa, 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 step back. Like, it's the same thing when, and I think you're in the same boat with me, like, I don't necessarily have a hundred percent belief that scott peterson killed his wife i don't also the, also what's with the last name peterson there's like three it's true people. right yeah there's drew peterson yeah. too which is like whack but um you know those tr- that trial scott peterson particularly like wasn't there like it wasn't a fair trial there also is no physical evidence showing that he murdered his wife he shouldn't have been convicted, convicted. for no. it and so if you're walking into a situation like that, it's really hard to then skew your viewpoint. Yeah. To then say, like, I do believe that he is guilty unless you have, like, cold hard proof that he did it. Like, he wrote down that he did it or yeah. you find a videotape that shows him doing it. I love the jinx. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even that was a little bit edited, too, apparently. Like, the audio was edited into that scene? Yeah, I can't I, remember exactly. I can see something like that happening. I remember how yeah. that played out. And I, was, and I remember the hubbub about it because I'd seen it well after the fact. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I saw the scene, I was just like, this could be edited to be like this, though. I could totally see this happening. I think I, I, can't, I could be totally wrong. And so if I am Andrew Jarecki, you can sue me. But I think what had happened was he had said those things in the bathroom At before time. that last interview. And they edited it to make it look like it was right after that interview. Mm-hmm. For dramatic effect. And yeah. And I think they found it. And like it, they could, totally could have been like, oh, we found this too. But instead they made it look very dramatic yeah. and like they had caught him in this moment and that he had slipped. I but, mean, he did uh, slip regardless, to be quite honest. He's He slipped and he's dead now. Yeah. So the world's a better place. Yeah. So That's <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I do think though, the one thing that does strike me every time is... I, I do I think the owl did it, truthfully. But I think for me, the thing that always gets to me is those images. Like it's a lot of blood for us. Just a so simple trip and fall. It's really a lot of blood. And you'll see there's an episode I really mm-hmm. want you to get to mm-hmm. where they do where they show what would have happened if she tripped and fell. And it's hard okay. to believe. The thing that always gets to me is the daughter's mother in Germany. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that coincidence is just the coincidence. I said of this last week. Yeah, it's just it's way too it's too bizarre. Like it's too out there for someone to die in such a similar manner. Yeah, 
that's what always stands out to me. But they, I also have not seen any evidence that Proves. points that yeah. he killed that woman too. There's so much, there's mixed vantage points yeah. for that one too. It's interesting because now that I think about it, A, this is the second time we're talking about this exact case on this podcast. Yeah. We did it for now and then, and now we're doing it again for two states. Promise we'll stop doing this. But maybe I, I'm going to start <laughs> watching it. So, yeah, exactly. And I've been telling a lot of people, I'm like, you should start watching this. It's really interesting. It's really, really, I'm really impressed with how it's made, how it's directed. Mm-hmm. I really like the style of it. Okay. I really, I'm enjoying how it's, how it's crafted together. So I'm yeah. interested to see how it goes. But I find it interesting that I don't know if you do this and you watch, you mm-hmm. watch and listen to a lot more true crime. Mm-hmm. I am always... And when I think about it, when I think about Delvar, when I think about Scott Peterson, when I think about any of these like stories, I'm always on the side of they didn't do it. I've never oh. I've never listened to something or watched something and been like, they did it. I think they did what? it. Wait a minute. What about the thing about Pam? Oh, yeah. But that's Pam different because did <laughs> Pam did it. But like, that's also I guess the difference is, is that in these. So in all of these true crime fictionalized like Delvar or documentaries like the staircase or serial or whatever we're we're following it because of the pursuit or the perception of the miscarriage of justice Mm -hmm. right and so i'm like am i just being persuaded by what's being told to me potentially but i also like the interesting thing about that though and if you look at scott peterson in particular like in the early 2000s i don't know if you like were as aware of the case when it had happened but everybody thought he was guilty. Like me as a 10-year-old kid thought Scott yeah. Peterson was guilty, right? I remember walking into that series because you told mm-hmm. me to watch it. And I remember being like, why am I watching this? He's guilty. Yeah. And then, but that, again, but the whole point of that series was to show the influence Nancy Grace had on that case. Yes. I think that series does a better job than most of showing both sides. Yeah, showing I do the, think like, so. Why people like he's a shitty person. He cheated on his wife mm. and like made up stories about her being dead. Yeah, that's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he necessarily killed, killed his wife. I think that series does a good. It's not completely unbiased because obviously the family is involved. Yeah. Like his family is involved. But it does a good job at showing both sides of it. And his family is vocal about, like, we want to know what happened to Lacey. This isn't just about him being wrongfully in prison. It's like, we want to actually know what happened to our sister-in-law. But it's interesting that you say that because, like, at that time, I I think there are so many people that hold on to that first initial reaction of him being guilty Mm -hmm. that when they watch that series, they then go, like, oh, this is bullshit. They try to find, like, all the holes yeah. in, like, the sister-in-law's theory and all that stuff. So it really, I think, kind of depends on, like, where and when you were, where and, yeah, where and when you yeah. are when you're watching these things. Because I remember the first time I heard about Michael Peterson, I it was an American Justice episode, and I remember thinking that he was guilty, that he mm-hmm. had killed his wife and it, at that point i don't think the conviction had been overturned yet it was when he had gotten convicted mm-hmm. the first time and then then watching the staircase like later on and then like um i don't have you ever listened to the podcast criminal no criminal introduced the owl theory to me okay. and like totally i could totally see that being a thing at that time now i'm not so much i don't know if like an owl actually could have flown in and caused that kind of injury but it's 
it is really about how we are persuaded. I don't think we're ever going to get to a place where we actually do know the truth about something. Like ever. About any of these, to be quite honest. <laughs> about any I think of they're them, all yeah. very, we're very far from all of them. Unless the person sits down and says, this is what I did. I don't think we'll yeah, ever know. Exactly. Even the one that, um, what was that American murder, American family murder? Yeah. That husband. Yeah, who but we know that because he confessed. Kids. But there's something up with his girlfriend. She. Yes, yes, yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. And that hasn't been solved. That, nobody knows about that. Because I'm, he technically, like, the, because the crime is solved, right? The important thing but is. But I also think, like, justice hasn't been brought because I do think that she has something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. But, Mitha, there is one thing that we do know. <laughs> What's that? Nadine? We did watch Two States this week. We did. And it is not a true crime movie. <laughs> it is a true story, though. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, there you go. Do you want to give us... I made it work. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to give us a little quick uh, IMDb discro? Sure. Full disclosure with this IMDb discro, it is very confusing and we'll I'll explain something at the yeah. end of it. Okay. <clears throat> this movie chronicles how Chetan met his wife and the difficulties they faced due to their cultural differences. You're probably asking yourself, or you're saying to yourself, Chetan must be one of the characters in this movie. He's not. And no, he's not. <laughs> Chetan is the screenwriter of this film. And he has also wrote written um, three idiots, three idiots, and Kaipoche. Yep. Yeah, um, and so he's a well-known screenwriter in Bollywood, and he's a well-known novelist. Novelist. Oh, he in writes India. books. These are all books. There we go. Yeah. He writes books. He's a novelist in India, and a lot of his books have been made into Bollywood films. Mm-hmm. And so Chetan, this is the story about how Chetan met his wife, and um, he does not name the main character in this film. Chetan. He does not. No. No, he names him Krish. Krish. This movie is about Krish and Ananya. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a discro. <laughs> what a discro. Probably the worst one yet, to be quite honest. Honestly. Because it requires a little bit of like background history. Knowledge. Yeah, background knowledge to yeah. understand it. <laughs> yes. Way to go, IMDb. But Nadim, why don't you tell our listeners and myself why you chose two states? Okay. I've talked about two states a lot on this podcast. I've mentioned it many times. I think I've mentioned it many times to you. A, I've mentioned it a lot of times to you. Anytime Mita's like, I feel like an Indian movie, I would say either Razi or Two States. She watched (laughs) neither of them, which is why we watched both of them in the bonus episode. There we go. So you must be wondering why I didn't put this in the main. And largely it just boils down to time. And it boils Mm -hmm. down to what I thought was essential versus what I thought was like good to watch. And as a bonus episode, this really did fit the bill. It was a nice movie to watch at the time. Because as we roll into the our season three, and we're going to be watching a lot of Academy Award winning films, or all the Academy Award winning films, literally. Yeah, a lot of them. All of all them. Of them. <laughs> and they are se- severe lack of diversity. I did want to end with something that was a little bit cultural and a little bit more less white, to be honest. Yeah. And so I did want to end with something foreign. Two states specifically, I picked at the end because it is light fair. It is a, it, it, it is essentially what Bollywood does extremely well. It's a romantic comedy with some great musical numbers, incredibly polished with great costumes and great locales, very nicely done. It's a very nicely done film. And I think what Two States is, is it's deceptively simple. It's a very clear-cut, easy movie. There's very little story, but 
the movie is still incredibly engaging. It's very nice. And for me, the biggest thing that always brings me back to Two States is the ending. It is, I don't use this lightly, I think it's brilliant. I think what the movie accomplishes and how it makes you care about these characters and this incredibly predictable sequence of events and how emotionally invested you get and the, the especially how the wedding itself turns out. I have talked to many people who are like, yeah, that wedding really, it made me cry. I don't even know these people. And somehow you're like so emotionally vested into that relationship that by the end, the third act from a writing perspective is incredibly weak. Nothing actually happens. It's just a wedding. It's sequence after sequence after sequence of this wedding. And still somehow it's so engaging and so pure in its um, depiction on screen. It's beautiful. It gets me every time. And few movies really have that effect. I actually saw this literally six weeks ago when my cousin was here from London. And when I had to watch it again, it's kind of like, oh, I'm not going to like it because I just saw it. No, man. I was so engaged right from the beginning, right till the end. And there are other things about this movie that I want to talk about later because they're a little bit more serious, actually. But before we get to that, mm -hmm. I want to hear your thoughts. My new favorite thing, before I tell you my thoughts, I want you to tell me what you think okay. my thoughts were. I think you were pleasantly surprised. I think you thought it was a little long, because it is. And that's also your thing. <laughs> Anytime something is over two hours, Mita watches it and engages in it, and she feels it's long. Mm -hmm. And this, I think, is a little long. I think you loved Alia Putt in this. And I think the ending also, you really quite had it. You have a soft spot for it. I think you liked this more than you thought you were going to like this. I didn't really enjoy this very much. Really? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, I, I'm so surprised by your reaction to it. Mm -hmm. I do not have this like emotional connection to the characters the mm -hmm. same way that you do. And watching this, the whole time I was kind of feeling, I was like, oh, this is... 90s Bollywood in 2014 and it doesn't feel right like it doesn't feel like it should be in place mm -hmm. here like I think you've shown me movies what I'm tr blanking on the name the Deepika Padukone and Ranveer one Ranveer no Ranveer oh Ye Jivani He Divani yes yeah. Ye Jivani He Divani He? no just Ye Jivani He Divani Ye Jivani De what? Ye Javani, He Divani. <laughs> Ye Javani, He Divani. Yeah. That is in a similar time that it was released too, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's about 2000. Yeah. That one I feel like is so much more compelling than this movie. I felt like this was very cheesy, very like typical Bollywood with the like background music that doesn't quite fit in and it's kind of like corny and it tells you how you should feel mm -hmm. i didn't sense the chemistry between these two actors at all you're correct about alia but i think she's great i think she's great in pretty much like everything i've seen her in so far <laughs> yeah. there isn't a time where i'm like you're bad yeah. she she can pull off a lot of things which is which that is what surprises me the most because when you look at her you just think she's this like soft sweet innocent girl mm -hmm. and she can she has such a wide range when it comes to her roles yeah. and she does this one well. I did not sense their chemistry one bit. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't getting it. Even these two actors, like the whole point of this movie 
is that there's this clash of culture. And so um, Arjun Kapoor plays Krish and he is like super Punjabi and Alia Bhatt plays Ananya. Can I do it? Ananya. And (laughs) she is from South India. She's Tamil. I did not like the Punjabi parts. Okay. Like he can kind of get away with it because he also too is Punjabi. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) with Alia Bhatt, I was like, I'm not sensing the like, the demure South Indian woman that you would expect, which her character also is supposed to be straying from Mm -hmm. that, which is fine. But like, I just felt like even those two, like the vast differences between those two cultures are talked a lot about Mm -hmm. in this movie, but they're not really shown very much in this movie. Like I would expect her parents to be much more devout and much more religious and they show aspects of that. I think they do a good job of showing the Punjabi mother very well. Mm -hmm. Like that is very typical of Punjabi woman. I would have loved to have seen like a little bit more or a little more extremes when it comes to those things. And just things, I I couldn't tell if this movie was trying to be like cute romantic, but also very like drama and suspenseful. And it doesn't do, like when I think about the drama and Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum and how it like captivates you, this, the the idea of Param Param and the idea of tradition and falling out of your parents' tradition is so gut-wrenching for me. And in this, I didn't get it one bit. I was just pissed that this father is like an asshole to to his son. Like, there's nothing in here that I felt was like extremely compelling, Mm -hmm. including like the ending. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. And something that I want, I'm confused about, maybe you can help me. At the beginning of this movie, does he not say to the therapist... I want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, he mentions that he's contemplating it, yeah. And then at the end of the movie, we see that he's there with his two children. Because there's a gap in time. Like, it's not... Yeah, he's meant, did I miss that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, okay. He leaves, like, at the intermission point, he leaves, and he comes back years later, actually. Okay. I might have missed that. But still, I feel like that's just, like... That's a lot. And if it's easy for me to miss, I'm sure other people yeah. missed it, too. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And I just, I don't know, I really, I was so surprised that you would pick this because I was thinking like, this is all the things that I loved about 90s Bollywood that Nadeem has always said like, no, Bollywood is better now. Mm -hmm. It does better than that. And I feel like in 2014, like this kind of a movie isn't really acceptable based off of the things that you've had me watch since then. Interesting, because this was a huge hit. Mm -hmm. It's a huge hit. I can see it. I can totally see it being a hit with people. I just don't have that emotional connection. Like, I didn't, I, I don't get it. So, one thing I actually <laughs> yeah. wanted to talk about with you, and this is, okay. this will bleed a little bit nicely into this, and I'm going yeah. to say this very gently. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and I'm going to ask, I'm asking this question and I'm asking it to myself. Okay. Do you think our movie tastes, and especially as we move into what are the endeavor we're taking on for season three, that mm-hmm. there we there is a level of internalized racism that we carry mm-hmm. living in North America mm-hmm. with us when we watch. Oh, things. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and I don't think there's a way to like escape that. Watching this, this movie does actually like. I think that that is one of its better points. Like, it shows you the internalized racism within just like India itself, mm-hmm. in that North Indians don't really like South Indians and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I just think that this movie, 
like want you to see that, but it doesn't do it in an effective way. Like it's still very, it's not polished to me. Like it's these, these like throwaway lines about how South Indians are dark, but it's not. And like what I don't, I think what I'm having a hard time understanding, especially just from like my vantage point of being second generation is that like I I know so many Indian families, if they found out that, like, you found somebody who also just happens to be Indian, it doesn't really matter what part of India they're from, you found someone that you would want to marry. Mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't witnessed the family being so upset about somebody being from a different region. You'll get the small little, like, jabs mm-hmm. and stuff, but you don't get the outburst of, like, you cannot get married. This is, I do not support this union mm-hmm. or anything like that. And so that's what's kind of, like, throwing me off a little bit. Like, the to take back what I had just said, the jabs make sense. The mom making comments about how Tamil people are usually dark-skinned mm-hmm. and these people are fair, so you need to watch out for them because you, they can't be trusted. That I can totally see happening. What I don't see is her forbidding her son from marrying this girl. It's 100% a thing in India, though. And I but think like, your I perspective <laughs> of... I, I do think that like us living here in North America, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think when I amongst my community the question is not the question but the hope is you'll just find someone muslim to marry and that's it that's really it and like my hindu friends it's just like just find someone hindu and like that's i don't really care where they're from there's really no issues amongst that Mm -hmm. i think in india it really is a different story and i hear that from people i know in india i think and i hear it amongst my wife for instance is from pakistan and my family's from india and we have a lot of, my sister's husband is from Pakistan as well. And we have a mm-hmm. lot of family who makes comments about like, oh, they're Pakistani and people who are ashamed of those marriages and things like that. Like, it's very, very common in India. It's like absolutely still to this day, even after this movie came out in 2014, eight years later, is still yeah. 100% a thing. And if you think about it, casteism, right? Like, yeah, like that's exa- it's the same idea that that idea that you marry within mm-hmm. is absolutely still happening. And I think what this movie does interestingly is portray the fact that they're meant to be, at least Ananya's family from the south, they're meant to be educated people. They're meant to be cultured and educated people, and they're still mm-hmm. making these. And they definitely come off more sophisticated than Krish's, you know, family. But there's still this internalized sense of pride and responsibility and racism. However, I was more asking in terms of the fact that when we watch things, and especially when we watch North American movies, a a good percentage of the movies that we've watched have been North American and Mm white-focused, right? And when we talk about our favorite movies and when we talk about things that have been influential to us in our lives they are largely movies from the west and movies that are again white centric Mm -hmm. we are not white neither of you or i are that but yet we use hollywood and we use as our basis basis for it Mm -hmm. so when we're watching and i think when we're watching foreign movies in general do are we using one one measurement to measure everything are you talking about me personally or just like um, society in general? I think society. Okay. Yeah, I think I look us as we are having this conversation. So, yeah, you as a person, me as a person. But I think yeah. I hear this conversation a lot from people who 
who will say things like, oh, I don't watch Bollywood movies because they're this or they're that. But they'll be like, oh, I love white chicks, for instance. <laughs> and your level of actual engagement in what you're watching is quite piss poor. Like you're watching some trash stuff from here, but you, you won't, won't watch yeah, you won't film. watch something else because of like something else. You'll very quickly call it out for what it is, but yeah. you're not going you're you're still very comfortable watching white centric entertainment here or terribly constructed and created entertainment. Mhm. And I think for me, the reason this movie brought it out was because one of the things I really liked about this is that this is actually a very, the budget on this is, it was a tighter budget for like a, what seems to be a larger budget film, but also like mm-hmm. little things. This movie is shot entirely in India. They don't leave it. They don't go anywhere for pretty locales. Everything is done in India. It just is done mm-hmm. extremely well. Well, India in itself is a beautiful It's a beautiful, locale. but this takes advantage of that. For the first time, I yes. feel like it looks very polished and sophisticated. She is wearing Indian clothes the entire time, but doesn't look like some quote-unquote fob. Everything she wears is Indian or Indo-Western. She, it's, it's meant to be that, like, she's, it's just how she dresses. She's wearing a kurta with a pair of jeans. With a pair of like, jeans yeah. or booty shorts mm-hmm. or, like, she's, but, the, like, a part of everything okay, she... Okay, those shorts were not short. Let me just They were pretty say. short, though. I've seen shorter shorts in <laughs> India. <laughs> the point is, though, is that that was a, that seemed like a very concerted effort to do that. Yeah. To tie in the culture into her dress or into the songs or into everything. It's very much ingrained into the film. And it, it I noticed it. Whereas something like Kabi Khushi Kabi Ram has songs that take place in Egypt for no reason. Don't get me wrong. Surah Chunga Madham is amazing. But yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that this is a movie that I think holds on to its culture more than many mm-hmm. movies do. Mm-hmm. And I have never cared about... You could give me an average romantic comedy from North America where there's a wedding at the end. I don't care. The way I at least personally cared about like this engagement at the end. How it played out. They blended the two. They blended the two. And also just how it actually plays out. Like there's a moment at the very end where... Ali, where he's putting the Mongol Sutra on her and she starts to cry. And you can feel yeah. that sense of like relief. Like it's a very poignant moment. And how it just actually physically ends with them just sitting at the temple, like looking out onto the sunset. It feels very cathartic. Mm-hmm. I I at least felt those things when I watched it. And I remember watching it the first time and feeling a sense of like happiness that I don't okay. associate with a single romantic comedy from the West. That's a really fair point. And I'm trying to think if I saw this like in a Western version, I don't think I would like it still. But I also have like, I think younger me was really into those like rom-coms. Mm-hmm. But I think now I I would be able to see the cheese. The points you're bringing up are valid. And I think that that does make a lot of sense. I want to go back a little bit to the sort of discrepancies between the two cultures. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this would be more effective if they weren't from larger cities, like she's from Chennai and he's from Delhi, mm-hmm. which are large cities where I just feel like the if they were from smaller towns or small, like if he was from Agra or something and she was from like a very small town in South India, I feel mm-hmm. like that makes a bit more sense to me because I do I do see those cities as like being developed and having I, a bit more of a secular outlook. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just can't see those parent like i just felt like the drama on this was to a uh, such a degree that just didn't make sense 
It's like so it weird because I totally I buy it every time. Like I don't think I don't know. It might be because I've never I don't I've never experienced this. But I like I I have family who have made comments. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Educated. Mm-hmm. My family is fortunately very educated on both sides, and mm-hmm. I I have. I have a friend. My family's from a city called Hyderabad in India, which has a very mm-hmm. specific culture. It has a very large Muslim population. And I have a friend from Pakistan whose family once referred to us as those H's in a very derogatory conversation, apparently. And we make fun of it now because we think it's yeah. hilarious. But like, that is also, I've heard those things. I know people talk smack and about I know each too. Other, like you know? I, one time I had a roommate who was from, who's Punjabi. Mm-hmm. And their mother made a comment about, like, Gujarati people, oh. and I'm part Gujarati, yeah. and, like, about Gujarati people and their looks. And I was like, that's really – I'm standing right here. Yeah. Like, what are you – yeah. And, like, I know it's there. It's just, like, I don't know. I feel – I think part of me wants, like, more from – like, I don't – if I saw this in a North American movie, I get, I get the point that they're trying to make that it is stupid. Like, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Why would you prevent these two people who are in love with each other from spending the rest of their lives together just because they're from different cities in the same country? Like, I get that's the point. Mm-hmm. I just want more for India. And I think that's probably what's deteriorating me so much. Oh, you're just and disappointed I, that this is a thing? I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm like upset. Okay. I'm so, I think I'm trying to work through it. And maybe that's why I didn't <laughs> like this. <laughs> trying to work this through it. brought up it. some real stuff for me, though. It did. I didn't even realize until we started talking about it. I don't want you to feel compelled to explain your 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 emotion towards the film, though. I just, I also, the big thing for me, though, especially if you're when you're doing romantic movies, mm. is the chemistry between. It's so the weird two. that you again because I don't get I, it. I love their chemistry. I don't think, and I, I read a review that Arjun actually Kapoor. said this movie isn't great, but they have, and I swear the word was scorching chemistry. Who? Alia Bhatt and Arjun Kapoor. I read a review. Who said that? You read it. In India, someone (laughs) was just like, the movie's okay. It doesn't have much of a plot line and it lags in the second half. But what saves it is Alia Bhatt's performance and the scorching chemistry between the leads. I think this is one of the very few times that Bollywood cinema shows characters having premarital sex and making out with each other. I love. And I, I love that they do that. Kudos, Bollywood. Way to go. I think this is is like one of the few times you see it. So the second that people audiences see it, they're like, "Oh my god, they're so hard together." I don't think that's it. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) I do. I think that's it because I honestly, I was like, "What is compelling about?" Okay, Arjun Kapoor is just like sort of dead in the eyes to me. Like a little bit, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "What is great about him as an actor?" And also, I don't know anything else he's in. Like, is he relevant? He's okay. He's definitely middle of the ground. And like, even in this, I'd say I think if he was paired opposite an actress who wasn't as strong as Alia Bhatt, the movie actually wouldn't hold up. I think she actually does. She brings. She gives their relationship. She is and their, two states. She is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she really gives their relationship and their chemistry a lot of weight like she's mm-hmm. she's very very good she's a very good actress and you that's evident in this because he's kind of middle of the ground and she is that much better like she elevates it beyond that and but then i was also reading some of the casting choices for this beforehand mm-hmm. and i was just like what like Shahrukh khan and priyanka chopra was mm-hmm. at one point which like 
That would Shadow make Khan sense. Is, yeah. Yeah. In 2014, Shadow Khan must have been like in his 40s. But this has been like these movies typically when they talk about those casting changes, these movies get made for like eight years. Okay. So it's not That's like in 2014 where he's like a 40 year old, 50 year old. Still. Man. Yeah. yeah 100%. <laughs> yeah. And that I don't think was like a. I'm glad they stuck with two young people, like age appropriate yeah. people in an age appropriate couple. But yeah, I can't get over Arjun Kapoor. I don't. He's not Sri Devi's son, right? It's a, her stepson. It's it's Bonnie Kapoor's son, yeah. Okay, so her stepson. Yeah, her stepson. Okay. I just couldn't, I couldn't, can't wrap my mind around it. I really don't think that they had any chemistry together. I don't believe, like I I'm, was also trying to figure out like why we see him falling in love with her and you can get it because it's Aliyah Bhatt and she's adorable. Why does she love him? I can totally, it's so weird. I'm wondering, like, did we see the same movie? Because I can I totally know. see, I can see the relationship. I understand it. He's intelligent. He's smart. He's helpful. He has a relationship with his mother. He's not, like, overbearing. He doesn't propose to her right away. He builds a friendship with her. And that's what she, But there's I think, also a part of me that, like, I see that relationship with his mother. And I'm like, um, that's a red flag right there. The mother alone. The mother is a red is flag, like, yes. <laughs> the mother is a red flag. And, like, even how he does defend his mom and, like, tries to sucker his mom into, like, just being okay mm-hmm. with her. That, when she breaks up with him, I was like, good. I, at, that, at that point, when they break up, I was like, oh, now this is getting somewhere. <laughs> because, like, as much as I think, I, at that point, I thought the point of the movie was, like, as much as you might love somebody, like, when you marry someone, you marry into their family, do, too. Yeah. And that that is a big part of marriage. And you have to be okay with who that family mm-hmm. is and you have to be in a position where you can actually live with them and i was like oh okay now this is what the movie is about it's not about these two people it's about the parents and the families and like how that all needs to make sense as well but then the movie turned itself on me and revealed that no me that is about these two people but actually <laughs> I, was upset. I don't think you're wrong actually i think it is about that acceptance of like she de- like they don't like each other's families they're doing what they can to like but they don't hate them and mm-hmm. nothing, it's not wrapped up with a bow. These are people who are trying to, what typically happens, it isn't Thomita. They're not like best friends. But it's friends. sugarcoating of like, oh, the father finally, like if he's a terrible alcoholic who's been angry at his whole family all these years. He finally gets his stuff together. Oh, and Mita, let's talk like, about Molly's game where suddenly the psychologist shows up. and like, I have never <laughs> said I like Kevin Costner in Molly's game. But I, I like everything about Molly's game but Kevin Costner. All I'm saying is that like, I think yeah. that level of catharsis is com- it, it's common in movies. Yes. And I don't think you can like pick this apart for it because it it is trying to wrap up a couple of things and like make one of the most contentious relationships in the movie bring about some kind of conclusion on it. Uh, I just don't like it. I guess not. (laughs) I I do. I, I can see your points and I can see why you like it. I was surprised though because I thought while I was watching, like, don't you find the music really, like, cheesy and out of place and, like, kind of lessens it? By the standards of North American films? Even with, like, I can forgive early 2000s Bollywood and I can forgive 90s Bollywood. But by 2014, I think there's other things that are out there that don't use those kinds of tropes. The, even there's another Aliyah Butt one that you made me watch. 
and I'm forgetting it right now. It's like Dilwale Dilhanile Jenge, but it's the opposite. Oh, Humpty Sharma? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I like, Humpty Sharma doesn't do that. I think, oh, Humpty Sharma totally does. I don't remember. They, the but they all do meet that. I think, like, I th- I don't think this one in- does anything in particular. I think, I don't think the background score is especially great. I do think this, the music, the songs are great. I really like the soundtrack. Okay. It's fun and it's light and it's easy to listen to and it's well picturized on screen. Is the score great? No. Mm. Is it supposed to be? No. <laughs> no, I guess not. I ha- just had a point and it just escaped my mind. It's kind of like, and to be quite honest, it's like the score of any romantic comedy from North America. I guess I, I don't like romantic comedies, I think. Oh! Mita! <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. And all our listeners know it. What romantic comedy We just do watched I love? Funny Face. That's like from the 50s and the 60s. What recent romantic comedy, present romantic comedy do I like? I actually don't know. I don't think we've, exactly. we haven't watched any like 90s and onwards romantic comedies. Yeah. Like I think if you ask me when it had come out, yes, I do enjoy How to Lose the Guy in 10 Days. If I were to watch it today, I probably would only like it for the nostalgia and not for the actual movie itself. But what I was going to say is that this is a romantic comedy, but it's also a romantic dramedy. And I feel like the drama overpowers like the comedic aspects in this movie. And I actually don't find that there is anything that is very funny. Like there wasn't anything that I was like laughing at outwardly. And I think maybe that's what's sort of shadowing my viewpoint as well. Like I didn't feel like I could. I, I think it, it is easy fair, like you said. But the drama to me feels like soap opera drama. And I wasn't compelled by it. Interesting. Yeah, I also don't like Indian soap operas. No, that's fair. Yeah, I find these. Do, I think what's I've, funny in this movie? Huh? What's funny in this some movie? Some great one-liners in this movie, some, like throwaways, and it's not like a laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. But again, I appreciate something like this that is a little bit more subtle in its humor than mm-hmm. something that's attempting to be funny, like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. There's subtlety in How to Lose. Get out! Days. What are you talking about? <laughs> And all the girls wish that they'd be Ben's partner. It's interesting how How and to Lose a Guy. It's <laughs> This is my problem. It's the, it's the nostalgia. If you had asked me, you know what? This came out when I was 23 years old. If I had watched this at 23, I think I would like it. But I'm now 31 almost in a couple months and I don't like but this. But can, can't you, do you not watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and think this is terrible? I haven't watched it in like forever. This is the thing I think I'm getting to. I think you're right. If you if you look at me, Mita, you think, oh, that girl likes romantic comedies. <laughs> but I have not watched a romantic comedy that I've liked in a very yeah. long time. Except for um, Palm Springs. Palm Springs, I, I don't think, follows the trope of most romantic comedies. Yeah, it doesn't. It's also very forgettable. For you. Yeah, I totally thought it was forgettable. But there are things in that movie that stand out to me that I hadn't seen before mm. in these rom-coms, particularly like with the female character. And I I enjoyed that. Well, I've told you this before. If you haven't seen, here's my review for Palm Springs. 
Does anyone remember? I think it was at a, a Vanity Fair party or whatnot. Reese Witherspoon had to do a speech. And she, in her speech, she talks about how she was reading a script for a movie. And one of the lines from the female character was like, what do we do now? And she asked the audience to who she was giving the speech to. When have you ever heard a woman ask those lines? When have you ever heard a woman say to herself, like, what do we do oh. now? And that was then her her starting point for starting her production company and for finding films that were, you know, adjacent to females and whatnot. And when I watched Palm Springs, that speech came to mind because at no point does the Christine Milotti character say, what do we do now? She realizes she's in a shitty place and she takes over and she tries to get out of it. And I just find that so compelling because you don't see that enough. And that's why I like Palm Springs. There we go. (laughs) My review of Palm Springs is that I saw this movie actively Mm -hmm. and i cannot remember a single scene from it because it is so wildly forgettable as a film that's crazy because i remember the music sometimes i fall asleep to the soundtrack i think it was such a bland film i was actually really two different people i think we might be but that's why we make a good podcast there we go (laughs) this is the first time in a while though that we like very much disagree very much disagree yeah yeah it happens and you know i think maybe with some time, I could like this. You don't have to, though, Mita. I don't I have to. Know. And, like, also, I, I, I really do think it's, like, younger me would enjoy a movie like this. But right now, I think I'm just in too much of a cynical and jaded place. Maybe. To There's actually that. appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Any sequel, prequel ideas? No. Um, <laughs> no. I want to know about those babies. Oh, those yeah. twins. The they were cute. Yeah. Duh Baby is cuter than those well, babies. Yeah. But... Those babies were cute, but duh, baby is okay, cuter. Thanks, <laughs> You're welcome, Millie. <laughs> I'm going to go into my rating. I think for me, Two States represents a lot of things, and a lot of things I am not looking forward to about season three, if I'm being brutally honest. I think mm-hmm. as I grow as a, as a film watcher and as an individual, I think mm-hmm. movies, it not it's not just about representation necessarily. I think it's about how we watch film and how mm-hmm. we as a society view film and especially how we as a society com- how we what's the word it's just on the tip of my tongue consume how we as a, how we as a society consume north american film versus how we consume world cinema and mm-hmm. i'm going to probably talk about this a lot in the upcoming mm-hmm. season but i think mm-hmm. marvel is an example of what happens when north american society it, it the, it's essentially like a whitewashing of it this is this is a studio that has essentially decided they can print money and mm-hmm. is taking complete advantage of that and we're just eating into that. And so we don't get original content, we don't get interesting content, and the world seems to be okay with it. And now we've decided to measure film based on this one barometer. And I think that's such a dangerous place to head that everything we view now is measured by how things are here. The Oscars... It's the film award to win. And as a writer, I do want to win an Oscar. Absolutely. Thank you to the Academy. But I recognize, and we're going to see it, the Academy is extremely flawed in how they reward and what they what they have given recognition to over the years. It's a very flawed system and it's a very flawed representation because it doesn't represent world cinema. Is that what the Academy sets out to do? No, not necessarily. They are an American institution, so why shouldn't they reward American film? But I feel like it is 
we we funnel so much money into American cinema that we forget world cinema and we forget what it means and then we judge everything based on what things should be like in North America and I have a big problem with that. I think as a romantic comedy, this is sweet, it's endearing, it's nice, it's very easy to watch, it's very pleasant to watch. Is it the best movie in the world? No. And that's the reason I didn't put it on the like the long, the short list, because I, I recognize it's just a it's a nice movie. It's a really nice movie. And I do have I do like watching it every time I watch it. It makes me feel good. But I do recognize that th- there's such a confidence in this film and this filmmaking that says we are proudly Indian as a film and we're just going to do our own thing. And the more I think I start to recognize that, and maybe when I'm watching it, I've been wa- I watched it like back to back, and maybe when I'm seeing it now, I'm recognizing that more. I recognize it in things like A Separation. I recognize it in things like The Handmaiden. These are movies that are so ingrained in their own culture and ingrained in their own style of filmmaking that when we're trying to compare them to how North America does it, we're doing them a disservice. These are movies made for an audience that is not in North America, or is only partially in North America, and I think that's okay. And I think we need to be consuming those things more than we consume the stuff from here, because we are missing out on a lot of content otherwise. So this is way more of a deep response than I thought I was going to give, but I think you should watch Two States. If you're in the mood for a romantic comedy and something light and easy, watch Two States, because it is a million times better than garbage like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And I stand by that. And that's why I give it three and a half stars. Okay, my turn. I'm not saying that I don't like this because it represents India. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did talk a lot about what I didn't like about it because when I walked away from it, I was just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't have the same visceral reaction that Mm -hmm. you do or that emotional connection. And for me, I think a lot of that is because I've now watched a lot more Bollywood movies than I have in the past, and I have a better gauge of like what is expected. Like when I think about Ye Divani Hai Jivani, or even something like Ban Baja Barat, like I think those movies are made much better, and I think their points come across better, and they fit the the sort of the scope of being a romantic comedy a lot better. And when I think about what makes a good romantic comedy, the main point for me is chemistry i need to see that chemistry between the two leads because that's what's selling you yeah, the entire absolutely. thing and in this one like alia butt carries this entire film on her back and she's tiny man that must be heavy for her and arjun i like i don't arjun kapoor to me and somebody will probably sue me but this is what they mean when they say nipple babies like this is I think arjun kapoor is to you what dakota johnson is to me Dakota Johnson has proven her. No, she hasn't. You like her in The Lost Daughter. One film. Okay. Anyways, fine. I'll let you have that. <laughs> Arjun Kapoor is what like nep- nepotism mm-hmm. babies is all about. And like he is clearly an actor because his father is famous mm-hmm. and his stepmother is famous and his uncles are famous. Mm-hmm. And he has famous cousins too. Mm-hmm. And I just could not grasp the idea of these two people being in love mm-hmm. and like following their story. That being said, I'm sure other people could. And for all the points that you had mentioned, I do appreciate showing the the differences between the cultures within India. I don't think people quite understand that, especially North American audiences, that, you know, you might think that all Indians are the yeah. same. But when you go from one point, when you go 
five kilometers away from one place. It is vastly different. The people are different. The culture is different. The food is different. The clothes are different. There, even the religion has different sex and is is different, and it that is really hard representation to find in North American yeah. films, but also in Bollywood films as well. Bollywood films tend to direct themselves towards northern India, towards Delhi, or towards Mumbai, and that's really kind of where you see people. And so it's nice to have this representation of a very Punjabi family and a very Tamil family. Mm-hmm. Which I think is is interesting. I just don't have that connection mm-hmm. to it. And I felt like the point being made wasn't as effective because I recognized that the cities that they take place in, I would hope for better. Mm-hmm. I would hope that they act differently. And that's just based off of like my perspective and dealing with my families. I do know that it exists. I just don't don't see it as dramatic as this movie plays it out to be mm-hmm. which that's just my vantage yeah. point i can't change that i do think that this is decently made like i think it's a good movie i agree with you in that like the they use india entirely for this they're not going to london they're not going some european city on the weekend to do like a quick shoot or anything it show it represents india for what it is and it is beautiful and it's very nice to watch and there's some really great scenic shots throughout the film and i liked what you said about her sort of representing what an indian woman is in modern day society of like She's going to work. She's wearing a silver kameez at work. It's not a big deal. She doesn't look like a total fob, nor does she act like a total fob either. And I think that's really important as well, because when I think about something like student of the year and yeah, student of the year, yeah. it's, it's complete fob. And it's the complete opposite of this. Yeah. Yeah. This feels, yeah. there's a confidence in her wearing a sari turn interview. Yes. And so there are pluses and minuses in this movie for me. I'm not good. You'll be surprised by my... What do you think my rating is? I actually is? have no idea now because you have really gone like all over the place. I am all over the... I think okay, if in the heart of it, I didn't enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself thinking like, let's watch two states. Yeah. And the way that I see myself being like, put on Kabi Kashi Kabi Gum. Yeah. Or put on Hamab Gayakon. Like that's just not going to mm-hmm. happen. And I also think it's a time and a place when it comes to when you're watching mm-hmm. movies. And like, I think if you'd shown me this 10 years earlier, then... Maybe. Wait, it wasn't out 10 years earlier. If you showed me this like eight years yeah, yeah. earlier... Maybe, maybe I would be all for it. But right now it's like a, it's a no. So I'm going to land on a three. Oh, okay. On a three. Because I can see what's good about it. I was not expecting that. I can see what's good about it. I do see the good. But what I I also see. I hope I didn't influence your rating though. No, 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 no. I, three was always my rating. (laughs) I wrote it down in my notes if you want to see. Three was always my rating. I just. I look at it in two ways. I look at it how the movie made me feel, but then just in total, was this a good yeah. movie? And so if you're asking me if this is a good movie, it's a three. It's a six out of ten. Like, sure, yeah. go watch it. For me personally, no, I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah. I found it really cheesy. I didn't connect with the characters at all. I found that there was way too much drama and then there was actual comedy in this movie and I didn't relate. I didn't feel compelled by the drama that was in this movie. And I also feel like they, I felt like they do sort of tie things up nicely mm. when it comes to the family drama that's in here. And that's a little bit disappointing because I feel like this movie takes you in one direction and then turns into another that wasn't very mm. satisfying for me. So if you're asking me, like, in my heart, what do I feel? It's a two. Okay. But if you're asking me as, like, a general, like, should I go see this? It's a three. It's like the opposite of now and then. 
No, yeah. but truly, that's what it is, right? Like, yeah. yeah, how you know when you watch it, you're like, well, this isn't very good. But I do feel yeah. a certain way about it. I'm the first person to admit, like, I like bad movies. <laughs> like, I, I like, I like them for what they yeah, gave me absolutely. at the time when I first saw them. Yeah. Like, there is, and I think that that's okay. Like, it's okay to have. Yeah, it totally is nostalgic taste. Yeah. You know, it's why I love Spy Kids still. Like, I can acknowledge maybe it's not the best movie ever, but it's still fun to, like, feel like you're 10 years old again. And I think this just came at me at a time when I'm 31 and I have a more realistic view on the world. And I just don't. I don't like this. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Go watch Palm Springs. <laughs> go, please go. Go watch Two States Instead. Or Ban Baja Barat, which is much better. Yeah, go than, watch Ban Baja Barat. And I watched that only a couple years ago, and I still think that that one, that one is good. Ban that Baja one, Barat is yeah, great. Yeah. It's a very unexpected Mwah, chef's film. Chef's kiss. It's really great. Yes. It's really, really it's good. It's about wedding planning. <laughs> like, it, has, oh. it has one of my all-time favorite speeches in it. It's really quite... It's good. Watch Ban Baja Barat, please. Yeah. But that was Two States, and that was... Our last bonus episode, Nita. Oh. That's it. That's it. No more season two. Because next week, Nita, what happens? Tell us. Tell us. Season three premieres, Woo! baby. Woo! In case you missed yeah. it, <laughs> we announced quite a few weeks ago, about five weeks ago, that we are taking on quite the accomplishment for season three of our podcast. We are going to be watching every Academy Award winning film in the history of the Academy Awards. So what that means is that for the next two years, we will be watching from the the Academy Award winner from 1929 until the Academy Award winner for 2024, 2023, 2024. It'll, it'll, well, that's the year the award will come out. Yeah, so the movie will be from 2023. It'll be from 2023. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's quite the... It's quite the task. It's quite the long-term plan we got going on here. Yes. So um, we're in it to win it. We're in for the long haul. We hope you are too. But that starts next week. Yes. So, okay. So we need (laughs) to explain how this is going to go down. We have done typically a game to introduce our next movie. And Mita and I wanted to continue that tradition, even though you could go to Wikipedia and see what the list is. Yes. But to keep things a little interesting, we are going to uh, tell you what the movie is, and we are just still going to play a game. Yeah. However. It's a game. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to say, Mita's going to go in and explain the game, but I'm just going to tell you that for the time being, from 1929 to 1939, we are not going to play the game with the movies that won Best Picture. And this is because (laughs) these are... Very old films with likely like these are movies Mita and I haven't heard of. There's many. Can I explain what the game is? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay. So the game that we want to play with this upcoming season is being able to connect the movie that we had just watched to the next Academy Award winning movie. So, for example, um, in 2020, 2019, Nomadland won for 2020. Coda one. So once we had watched Nomadland, we want to try to connect Nomadland to Coda. That's really difficult to do with movies from 1929 till about 1940. So what we've decided to do, instead of using the Academy Awards to connect the movies, we're going to take alternating turns um, and pick two movies that we have to, on the spot, try to connect to one another. 
and we will do them what we are doing with the academy awards so the 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 second movie will become the first movie of the next round so for instance today i'm going to ask me to connect two states to a movie and then that movie Mita will ask me to connect to another movie next week and then we'll start fresh with i think with gone with the wind gone with the wind will be our first movie where we actually start doing using the academy awards and those winners to connect but yeah. so everyone knows our first viewing next week will be for the 1929 winner wings wings which i've never heard of wings i've heard a lot about wings but i've <laughs> oh, never okay. obviously seen it there you go so we are watching wings next week but Hooray. for the sake of this game today mm-hmm. mita you got one minute Oh, great. To connect. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not going to be hard, I promise. You're okay. going to connect two states uh-huh. to basic instinct. <laughs> and your timer. <laughs> I'll give you a couple of seconds to think it over. Um, and then your timer okay. starts now. Okay. Arjun Kapoor is um, nephew to Anil Kapoor, who... Is in. How can I get a Sharon Stone or Michael Douglas to an Elkapur? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Why can't I think of like a Michael Douglas and Tom Cruise? Yeah, mashup, yeah. Yeah. Um, 30 seconds. Oh my gosh. Anil Kapoor is also in Slumdog Millionaire, which has Dave Patel. Who is in uh, Lion with Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Who is in um, yeah, the uh, uh, Cold Mountain with Renee Zellweger? Who's in Chicago with Catherine Zeta Jones? Who's married to Michael Douglas? Who's in Basic Instinct? Super long winded, but you did get it. <laughs> I got there. You got there in 57 seconds. Yeah. Okay. I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> so let's count the degrees. Because you went Arjun okay. Kapoor to Anil Kapoor. Arjun Kapoor, yes. Anil Kapoor to Dev Patel. Dev Patel, Dev Patel to, to Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. To Cold, uh, Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Chicago. Chicago. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. To Michael Douglas. Seven degrees. Seven degrees. Seven okay. Degrees. How would you have done it? Oh, I probably, I, Arjun Kapoor to Anil Kapoor. It's your easiest yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And then Anil Kapoor... I probably would have done Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Okay. That's three. Tom Cruise. Sharon Stone. That's the one you want to do, but the one you shouldn't but, do. But, like, it's also yeah, hard it's to Yeah, it's also, do. like, hard to do. Because, like, it's very limited. It's very limited, yeah. It's a bunch of random 90 movies that I don't remember. Yeah. I would do Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. I'm trying to connect Tom Cruise to David Fincher. I mean, if you wanted, you could do he was married to Nicole Kidman, who was supposed to be in Panic Room, if you wanted to. But David would never work with Tom. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, too. David would never work with Tom. That's, anyways, I don't have to do it because it was not my round. (laughs) I would have done something like that. Oh, wow. Shots fired. Okay, well, (laughs) I'll remember that next week. I'll remember. Next week, though, when we watch Wings. That's all for next week when we have a season premiere for season three. Mita, do you have parting words to end off all of season two? Minty? <laughs> <laughs> Minty. Oh.
Minty. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for season three of Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.